Hello. Hello. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, Alan, for the prayers. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to share once again from the word. And uh, thank you for the prayers for Nigeria. Nigeria is a very strategic country, not just in Africa, but in a lot of things about the globe. And uh, and uh, I recently also saw the Open Doors uh, rating for Nigeria, and I can see it's among the first 10 of the, one of the most dangerous places to be a Christian. And it is true, mostly in the northern part of the country. But in the midst of all the chaos, uh, God is still doing great things. God is still helping his people. Uh, uh, lots of people are still very passionate about God in the country. Uh, people are being killed for their faith. People are giving their lives to Christ in their large numbers in different communities, Muslim communities all over the country. And uh, we continue to pray because we know that God cares. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, we, we actually, we have been on the series of uh, journeying through the Gospel of John. And uh, I would be taking uh, the text today from John chapter 4. Uh, so, uh, two Sundays ago, Steve uh, introduced the Gospel of John. And uh, uh, Steve gave an introduction and made us understand the difference between the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the Gospel of John. And uh, he actually gave a, an introduction of the theological approach, the different theological perspective of the Gospel of John. And uh, it makes sense why the Gospel of John is called the spiritual gospel. And uh, uh, Steve spoke on John chapter 1, spoke about Jesus being the Word, and spoke about Jesus, the Word, always being with God. And he also spoke about Jesus being the light of the Word. And he made a very significant statement that light and darkness are not equal in power. So whenever light steps in, darkness has no choice but to flee. So, and that means when we embrace the light, which is Christ, even the darkness within flees. Uh, then last Sunday, uh, Alan spoke on uh, the first miracle of Jesus in Canaan. And that was the miracle of turning water into wine. And, and uh, uh, you know, a lot of people actually talk about uh, that place in Scripture. And some people use it to justify their love for wine. And say, Jesus loved wine so much that it was the first miracle he went ahead to do. Uh, but Alan explained and made us understand that it was something that was done to save the family from predicament, from shame. And how Jesus turned the water into wine is how Jesus transforms everywhere he steps in. And that whatever Jesus does is always exceptional. When he turned the water to wine, the wine happened to be the best. Uh, so whatever Jesus touches, whatever he does is exceptional. So Alan spoke to us and talked to us about uh, the importance of that sign 
the importance of Christ coming in to transform things in our life, the importance of obedience and discipleship. And this morning, we're going to look at the text of John chapter 4, and it happens to be in the same location where the first sign, the first miracle happened, which is still Canaan in Galilee. And uh, the topic I was given to speak on is healing the nobleman's son. Healing the nobleman's son. So uh, let's look at the text. John chapter 4. I would start the reading from verse 46. And it says there, So Jesus came again into Canaan of Galilee, where he made water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, who was at the point of death. So this man heard that Jesus was coming to town, and he asked Jesus, please can you come over to heal my son who was about to die? Verse 48 said, then Jesus said unto him, except ye see, sorry, I'm reading from King James. Uh, Yeah, I just saw ye, I just remember this King James. Yeah, and we seem to love King James where we come from. To us, it's like the authorized version. Uh, so, uh, it's, it said, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down here, my son die. Verse 50, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken, and he went his way. The scripture says the man came first to Jesus and asked him, invited him over to his place. And Jesus told him, you know, these days, you don't seem to, people don't seem to believe unless they see signs. And he was like, my son is about to die. And Jesus told him, your son shall live. And the Bible said he believed He did not argue. He believed and he left. Verse 51. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then he inquired of them the hour when he began to amend, when he began to get recovery. And he said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And so the father knew it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed and his whole house. And this is the second miracle that Jesus did. So this happened to be a miracle that happened because someone decided To believe the word. You know, I heard a preacher once say that when Jesus was walking on water and when he asked the disciples to join him, 
and they were all scared. And only Peter stepped out and walked on water. I had, I, I remember the person saying that what Peter actually walked on was the word that Jesus spoke. That he believed the word come. He stepped, he responded to the word. And as he was looking at the word, who is Christ? He was walking on water. But when he took his eyes away, he saw himself noticing the storms and he saw himself drowning. So what comes out of this scripture for us? Because the study of the gospel of John is a focus on the personality of Jesus. is a focus on the deity and the divinity of Jesus. You know, some people argue that Jesus is one of the greatest rabbi. Uh, some people acknowledge that he's one of the greatest teachers. But sometimes they seem to struggle with agreeing, just like Steve previously said when he was introducing this series, that Jesus is fully 100% man and 100% God. Jesus is divine and he is also God that came in flesh. And our ability to comprehend that, to wrap our minds around that, will release us into the richness of the experience that Christ has brought for us. So the Gospel of John is about introducing this Jesus who is the Word that was with God. This Jesus who through Him all things were created. This Jesus who is the light of God. This Jesus who is the power of God. And why is it important? If you look at the scriptures, 2 Corinthians 11, around verse 4, you see where Apostle Paul was talking about, he was talking about, if any man brought to you another Jesus, different from the Jesus we preach, that means that even in church history, that there have been times when people have presented a different Jesus. And there have been records to show that it seems like the inspiration behind the writing of the Gospel of John was a certain incident happening at the time where the personality and the divinity of Jesus was being denied. So John was prompted to write, to present this Jesus that he personally experienced, who was God incarnate. So we want to point out some of the, some of, some places jump out to me when I was reading this text. And the first place that jumped out was verse 48, where Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. We actually live in a time where a lot of people are used to uh, seeing some sort of uh, confirmation before they can believe the spiritual. Uh, people are so keyed in into the emotions. So sometimes, some people even pray when they're talking to God. They're telling God, God, if you're going to do this, show me a sign. And uh, sometimes you come out and you have the opportunity to be prayed for. And then you would be like, oh, I expected to feel something. I expected to feel maybe, you know, a shiver going through my body or feel some kind of electricity. 
Uh, and, and that's why people find it easier to identify with, uh, with magic, with, with things that show some sort of signs. But a deeper relationship with Christ is based on believing even when everything around is contradictory. A deeper experience with him is based on accepting his word as he speaks it, knowing that he who speaks has the ability to perform what he's saying. That brings the scripture to mind, Ecclesiastes 8 verse 4. It says there that where the word of a king is, there is authority. And Jesus happens to be the king of kings and the lord of lords. There seems to be no competition when it comes to him. There is no competition when it comes to him. I mean, at his name, you know, the scripture says, at his name, every knee shall bow. When you can experience the power, the efficacy of his name is when you are faced with powers of darkness if you are faced with powers of darkness and you speak the name jesus you will be amazed at what happens at that name you will be amazed you know i've had experiences where i've uh, uh, had confrontation with people who had occultic powers and it just took mentioning the name of jesus to see things change i've had experience with someone who had powers operating from uh, you know, realms that some of us can't understand. The person claimed to have powers from beyond this realm. Let me put it that way. And, uh, and the person was trying to explain that, that where they come from, when they see Christians who know their word, who are into prayer, they seem to see flames around those Christians. And when they see people who do not know, have a relationship with Christ, they see an opening that they can operate. And when the name Jesus is mentioned, it seems like their applaus and their, their plans and whatever they're trying to do just crumbles. Because there is power in that name. There is power in that name. So, you know, where the word of a king is, there is power. So Christ was trying to speak to the man. And Christ, my understanding is Christ was like, people seem to want signs all the time. And then the man was just like, help me. And Christ was trying to say that the focus should be on him. We should look on the word. We should look on him who has given all that we might become part of the family of God. God gave his only son to get so many sons and daughters. And the second point that jumped out to me is verse 50. And verse 50 was where Christ told him. Where it says, Christ said unto him, go your way, your son lives. And then the Bible says, he believed the word that Jesus spoke and he went his way. A similar experience and encounter was the account in Matthew chapter 8. 
Matthew chapter 8 from verse 8 to 13. In that account, the Bible talked about the centurion who wanted Jesus to help with healing. And the centurion spoke to Jesus and told him, Master, you do not deserve, I do not deserve to have you under my roof. And he said, when you speak the word, just speak the word. At his word, the centurion believed he got healing. In this same experience in verse 50, at the word of Jesus, the Bible said the man left. It was like, that's all I need. That Jesus spoke the word, he believed it, he took the word, he walked away. And the Bible said that as he was going, he met his servants and they told him the son was now living. And he inquired, he asked to find out around what time the son recovered. And he found out it was at the point when Jesus spoke. And the question comes, do we, how, what is our experience with the word? How do we take the word? You know, there seems to be a lot of disputation and disagreement about the word of God. Sometimes some people are very busy trying to dissect and argue concerning the origin of the scripture, concerning the authorship. Okay, uh, I don't actually believe the person who wrote it. I don't think it is John that wrote it. I think it's someone else that wrote it. Uh, some people... Some people don't even want to agree with the veracity of the scripture. They're like, come on, this is just Hebrew literature. But the scripture is life to those who believe it. The scripture is given for, for reproof, for inspiration, is the power of God to those who believe. And that takes me to the next point, which is the point of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says there that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about the things we do not see. It doesn't make sense. Assurance about what you do not see. But that's the way to work with God. It does not make sense. It's confidence for something we hope for. And then it's being sure. You know, it's, 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 it's smiling and being happy about what you do not see. That is the realm of God. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that it is impossible to please him without faith. Why? Because those who come to him must believe that he can do what he said he would do. Those who come to him must believe. So the man in this story stood in faith. He believed God. It would have made more sense for Jesus to go with him and go home and lay hands on his son. And he would be like, yes, now the, the prophet has come to my house. He's definitely going to be well. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus told him he leaves and he believed it. And it worked because... He believed it. So there is a place of understanding that faith comes by hearing 
and hearing the word of God. That's Romans. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So what jumps out to me from this story is that God wants us to appreciate Jesus. God wants us to understand the place of Jesus in our life. God wants us to appreciate the word that comes from God and the word that is God. God wants us to act at the word. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes into being in this whole thing. Because it is the Spirit that gives us a better understanding of the word. The letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. Sometimes you could meet, uh, I remember seeing a, a, a program some time ago about uh, someone who mentioned that he has read the Bible more than 50 times uh, from cover to cover. And he was bringing up a lot of reasons to show that the scriptures had a lot of faults. There are a lot of accounts in the scriptures does not add up. That is the letter. That is the letter. The spirit gives life. That is the place of the Holy Spirit. When we have, when we ask for a visitation of the Spirit, the scriptures begin to come with meaning. It begins to come with revelation. It begins to come with, with power. We read the scripture, it does not look like theology anymore. It does not look like philosophy. It does not look like history. It jumps out like life. And we begin to see ourselves act on scripture and we see things happen. We begin to see yourself get encouragement to aspire. You know, sometimes we're too scared to aspire. Sometimes we're too scared to think of the next level. But sometimes when we look into the scripture and we see where the Bible talks about that he desires for us to be fruitful, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, we begin to speak to ourselves and tell ourselves, come, if the word speaks it, then we can do it. There's this song in Nigeria that they normally sing, God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. I love that song. Very short song, but it just summarizes the whole thing. If God says it, I believe it, that settles it. It, it, it doesn't care what's happening around me. I mean, the walls can be falling around. I believe everything is going to be all right. And faith, faith is so strong. It's so strong. That when you walk in faith, you begin to see things work out for good. The same thing happens with healing because in, in this situation is a case of healing. When we believe God's word that has come forth concerning healing, sometimes we pray and it seems like nothing is happening. Sometimes we're like, God, you said... You said, let the weak say I'm strong. Lord, I've been confessing it. I've been praying it. Nothing is happening. Continue to pray. You are losing nothing from continuing to pray. You lose more when you refuse to pray. When you doubt, when you wallow in the pain. But when there is hope, there is a light in the tunnel. Sometimes we pray about it and sometimes it's like, 
It seems like God seems to answer some people's prayer and not answer some other people's prayer. God has his timing. He always shows up on time. He might not show up at our own time, but he shows up in the right time. That was the case of Lazarus. They were just wondering, why didn't he come at, at before? I mean, when Lazarus was sick, but he showed up at the right time to the glory of his own name. So we need to believe him. We need to accept the Jesus of the scripture, the Jesus presented by the gospel of John. We need to go back and study the gospel of John and believe the word as it is revealed unto us. And we'll begin to experience victories. You know, someone talked about... uh, uh, a story of a young man that was like he wanted God to speak to him and that he wanted to get the word from the scripture. And uh, he, he decided, uh, I'm going to flip the Bible open, that any first thing I see is going to be what God is speaking to me. And he flipped the Bible open and he saw a verse about uh, uh, and uh, uh, Judas Iscariot uh, went and hung himself. And he was like, uh, uh, okay. Okay, I don't understand that. He closed it, he opened again, and he saw a verse, go and do likewise. And he dropped the Bible and he ran away. That's not how God speaks. You know, God speaks when we decide to study. When we take our time to read the scripture, we see God reveal himself to us. So in conclusion, I would like to say that God is desirous to show himself mighty in our midst in different ways. You know, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro, looking for who to show himself mighty. And reading through the Gospel of John, we see a lot of bold declaration of the personality of Jesus He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Uh, We see a lot of bold declaration of our possession in Christ. And testimonies, whether we're students, whether we're workers, no matter the phase of life where we are, there is enough grace within God to enable us to progress in our Christian life and to accomplish what we need to do. Sometimes we're giving projects and we're giving assignments and we find it difficult to get our mind around it. There is help in Christ. He cares about the very minute details of our life. And sometimes all what we need to do is to ask and we just experience some grace flowing in. Sometimes we just experience, it comes like a light bulb. And we'll just be, I didn't think of this. And that's the Holy Spirit. And that's because we reached out, we asked. Finally, I want to look at Colossians 2, 9 to 10. Colossians uh, chapter 2, verse 9. That, uh, it's like a kind of... uh, wrap up to to this it says there 
For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. That is amazing. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ. It does not, you, you know, when it comes to spiritual things, it does not, what we, what we think about it does not change what ex- exists in the realm of the spirit. The fact that we don't believe it does not change it. You know, uh, we were watching, my kids were looking at Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom recently. And uh, it's a very scary movie. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, at some point, uh, uh, the, 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 the people in the movie were coming to worship this God, uh, this strange Hindu God. And they were presenting human sacrifice. And they were doing some stuff and strange things were happening. Powers were showing. And I was telling them that these things actually do exist. How you have the positive supernatural, you do have the negative supernatural. That there are places where these things actually happen. The things that are, the way the scripture puts it is that the things that we see are created out of the things we do not see. So, Christ is the head of all principalities and powers. No matter what they be in the realm of the spirit, he is on top. And the Bible says that we are complete in him. So, if we are complete in him, we should believe his word. We should walk in that boldness. We should pray believing that the person we are praying to, listens and would respond. No matter what we feel, no matter what we're struggling with, no matter how the people around us have told us, you're no good. No matter what people have said about us, no matter what we have said about ourselves. You know, someone was preaching here some time ago, and I think that's Alan, and he was saying we should learn to accept forgiveness. We should learn to forgive ourselves. Sometimes God has forgiven us. Sometimes we're struggling with ourselves. But no matter what's happening around, let's just choose, just like this noble man in the scripture, to believe the word, to take Christ by his word, and then to walk and leave God to do what he does best. You know, we leave him to do what he does, to show up and to show himself mighty. So I'm going to round up here. And I'm going to say a word of prayer. Can the band please come back? Thank you. I'm going to say a word of prayer. We, if you feel that you want some prayers, either because of you are believing God for some healing, and you want someone to join hands with you and pray a prayer of faith, this will be an opportunity. The ministry team will be out. And if you believe, and if you feel that you just want 
to hold hands with someone and just pray for, oh God, help my unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, I want to believe you more. Lord, I want to take the scriptures more seriously. Lord, I want to respond more to your word. This is an opportunity to uh, come out, hold hands with someone, believe God for that. Uh, can we just stand up as we just uh, say a word of prayer? And then the ministry team will be around to pray with anyone who wants uh, a word of uh, prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. We just want to thank you for speaking to us today. We want to thank you for reminding us of the truths we already know. Father, we ask, so Lord, that you show yourself mighty. We ask, so Lord, for your visitation, even as we pray, even as we open ourselves to you, we ask that you visit us. Lord Jesus, we adore you. We know you are the King of Kings. We know you are the Word. We know you desire to visit us. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.